Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Father, thank you for another opportunity to come to your presence. We love you. We thank you for the blood that was laid, that was shed. Even the, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. We appreciate you. We love you. We bless you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for your power, your guidance, and your leading. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, at this convention, I'm talking about the glorious and eternal power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And yesterday, I spoke about the blood covenant. Hallelujah. The blood sacrifice was revealed to um, Adam in the garden of Eden when he, he disobeyed God with his wife. And uh, God took the skin of animals soaked with blood to cover them, indicating to them his redemptive plan for man. Hallelujah. Adam revealed the blood sacrifice to his sons. And we see that Abel uh, followed the blood sacrifice and made an offering unto God which was respected and accepted by God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 that by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than came. Now take note, by faith, alright, that is something very important there. By faith. He did it by faith. But how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. So he heard something. What did he hear? He heard his father Adam telling them about the blood sacrifice. And he had faith in what Adam, his father said. But Cain didn't believe it. Cain didn't believe it. But he believed. He believed that the blood sacrifice was the way to approach God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Are you here? You go home. Alright. Then we see Noah also uh, making a blood sacrifice to God to break the curse when he came out of the ark. When Abraham in Genesis 12 entered the land of Canaan, the first thing he did in order to gain the promise was to offer a blood sacrifice. Abraham passed on the knowledge of the blood sacrifice to his son, to his son Isaac, who in Genesis 26 also to gain the promises that God has made, also built an altar and made a blood sacrifice. In Genesis 33, um, Jacob also did that. After that, for 430 years, the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt and had forgotten about their God. When God called uh, Moses to send him to Pharaoh, he said, who are you? He didn't know God. He didn't, the people didn't remember God. And it was only by God introducing again the blood covenant that enabled Israel to get out of Egypt. Can I have an amen? amen? So in Exodus 12, the Passover lamb was slain. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Can I have an amen? amen. Right. So, the blood covenant was revealed to Adam, to Abel, to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and then to Moses and the children of Israel. And uh, you remember the wonderful thing that happened in Exodus chapter 24. When, after receiving the law, Moses made thousands of the young priests to walk through the congregation, about three million people, to make sacrifices and poured the blood into basins. He used half of the blood, all right, half of the blood to pour half of the blood on the altar. Can you imagine the volume of blood? And then the other half he sprinkled on the people. Three million people stood at the hill of Mount Sinai, covered in blood. Hallelujah. And immediately that happened in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8, God said, I want to dwell among the people. It is only by the blood that God will dwell amongst his people. This blood sacrifice continued for 1,500 years until Jesus came as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world to make the ultimate final sacrifice. After that, there is no need for the blood of calves and bulls and birds and turtle doves again. 
Now, this blood of Jesus that he shared has in it certain powerful benefits that every child of God must enjoy. The blood of Jesus was, was shed not only to save us, but beyond salvation, there are some powerful benefits and blessings that the blood of Jesus brings. So, yesterday I spoke about the blood covenant. Today, I'm beginning to talk about the powerful benefits of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. There are eight of them. There are eight of them. Forgiveness through the blood. Redemption through the blood. Reconciliation through the blood. Cleansing through the blood. Sanctification through the blood. Communion through the blood. Eternal life through the blood. And victory over Satan through the blood. Eight blessings. Number one, forgiveness. Do you have it? Number two, redemption. Number three, reconciliation. All these blessings are through the blood. Number four, cleansing through the blood. Number five, sanctification through the blood. Number eight, union with God. That's number six. Is that also? Through the blood. Number seven, eternal life through the blood. And number eight, victory over Satan through the blood. Now, I want to start with the first one, forgiveness. Hallelujah. Forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. And like I said yesterday, this is a teaching convention, but full of the power of God. Healings are taking place as I'm speaking about the blood. Hallelujah. Progress, advancement, victory over Satan. Your circumstances are changing. The blood of Jesus is answering for every area of your life. As I talk about the blood. Can I have an amen? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Brothers and sisters, we were on our way to hell because of our sins. Our sins are made up of the Adamic sins that we inherited and our own sins that we have accumulated. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, the scripture says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of our sins, we have been unrighteous before God. The scripture says in Romans 3.10, There is none righteous, no, not one. Hallelujah. But 
The blessing of the blood of Jesus is that through the blood of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Can I have an amen? Alright. Forgiveness. When we talk about forgiveness, what does it mean? Forgiveness means to pardon. To pardon. It also means to put away sins. And it also means to blot out transgressions. So when we say forgiveness, it means that our sins have been pardoned. If somebody does something very bad to you, the person comes to say, oh, I'm very sorry, so it's okay, it's okay. I've pardoned you. Amen. It also means your sins have been put away. All right? And it means to blot out transgressions. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 13. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, um, the prophet Nathan came to King David to tell him about what he had done. He had taken somebody's wife, slept with the person's wife, Uriah's wife, and then killed Uriah. And in verse 12, in verse 13, the scripture says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also had put away thy sins. Thou shalt not die. The Lord also has put away thy sins. That is, the Lord has forgiven you. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm, 50, Psalm 51 and verse 1. Psalm 51 and verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. In other words, forgive me for my transgressions. Hallelujah. So how many of you are happy that your sins have been blotted out, have been forgiven, have been put aside? Amen. Amen. And not only have our sins been put aside, they have been completely wiped out. Forgiven. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalm 103 and verse number 12, he said, For as far as the east is from the west, so has he removed. Eh? So far had he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. Don't let anybody come to tell you about your sins that you did. Those sins cannot be found. They have been wiped out. Hallelujah. Completely wiped out. And that is why we say that salvation is the greatest miracle that can happen to everybody. Now, why is it that God forgives? God forgives because that is his nature. Hallelujah. God forgives because that is his nature. In Psalm 130 and verse 4, the scripture says, But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Amen. There is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. So it is in the nature of God to forgive. 
What a God. What a God. May we be like God. Amen. Eh? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. So the first blessing that we get from the blood of Jesus is forgiveness of sins. Look at us sitting down here. I see we have never done anything before. It is all through the blood. Why don't you clap your hands for the blood of Jesus? Charlie, because if you remember some of the sins that you have committed, do you understand it? But it cannot be counted against you. The Bible says, for as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. And all throughout the scriptures, we see the scriptures talking about forgiveness in Christ through his blood. In Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5 and verse 31, Eh? The scripture says, Him had God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13 and verse 38. Acts 13 and verse 38. Be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Through Christ is preached the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13 and verse 10, Acts chapter um, 26 and verse 18. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And in Colossians chapter 1 verse 14, the scripture says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So brothers and sisters, what a blessing if it had not been the blood of Jesus, our, we will be carrying our sins. Amen? Amen? But through his blood, we have forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen, there is no sin that we have committed that has not been forgiven. You say, Bishop, and that one too. Yes, that one too. The blood of Jesus has forgiven every type of sin. There is no sin. So Bishop, that, you mean that one too? That one too? That one too? How many of you have a sin that you call that one too? That one too? Eh? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there are three attitudes that we must have. When it comes to forgiveness. Number one. Number one. The first attitude we must have is that 
we must know and believe that if we sin and we genuinely repent, God still forgives us. It's very important. That even now, if we sin and we genuinely repent, God still forgives us. Hallelujah. Amen. First John chapter 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins. I see that if we confess our sins, so even now, if you sin and you confess it, you repent, you make a complete turn around, God will forgive you. Yes. God will forgive you. It's very important. Don't kill yourself. Don't die. Don't be too depressed. Do you understand it? If you know that you have done something wrong against God, eh, what you need to do is to sorrowfully have godly sorrow, godly repentance. Genuinely repent. Amen. And God will forgive you. Now, why does God forgive us? Look at 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. Why does God forgive us? Are you learning something? My little children, these things write out unto you that ye sin not. Now look at me, everybody. Look at me. And I'm going to talk about that verse. But don't, don't think that you have to be sinning. Because he said that these things are right unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse 2. And he the propitiation for our sins. And not our, ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So, God forgives us because Jesus is our advocate. The word advocate is the same word as, uh, as the word comforter, paracletos. And it means, in this sense, our lawyer, our intercessor. Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is sitting at the right hand of God, trying to save us to the uttermost. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. For he is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto him. For he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God and making intercession for us. He's our lawyer. And what is he using to make the intercession? The Bible says he is our propitiation. That word propitiation is appeasement. Is the word appeasement. Atonement. And he's atoning with the blood. The blood that Jesus shed, his blood, is found at the throne of God. And Jesus always shows it to the Father. So when you sin, he shows him the blood. When you sin, 
You are supposed to die. You are supposed to be, be punished. And Jesus is just there always. I told him, said, look, he has, he's sorry. And because of my blood, because of my blood, forgive him. Number two, the second attitude you must have <clears throat> when it comes to forgiveness is that you do not have to have the habit of sinning against God so that you'll be forgiven. Hallelujah. You, you must not have the habit of sinning against God so that you'll be forgiven. Do you understand that? In other words, since you know that God forgives you when you sin, you have decided intentionally to sin against God. But look at, look at Romans Chapter 6 from verse 1. Give me the NIV. Romans chapter 6 and from verse 1. Alright. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning? So that grace may increase? Shall we go on sinning? So that grace may increase? Because you always said, oh, I, we are under grace. We are not under the law. We are under grace. By the grace of God. By no means, by no means, the, the King James says, God forbid, we died to sin, we, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Huh? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We have died in baptism of Christ so that we will now rise up into a new life. That is why the scripture said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. What are the old things? Your old manner of life. Your old manner of life. The way you spoke. The way you walked. The things that you did. Do you understand? Everything is gone. And now everything is new. You cannot continue. And let me tell you something. There is no sacrifice for intentional sins. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 26. There is no sacrifice for intentional sins. Yes. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. Hello? Watch it carefully. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. You see? That is why I said, the first thing I said was that if you sin, and you generally repent, God will forgive you. But it is not a key for you to deliberately sin against God. You think that God is a fool? 
You see, the word of God is not one-sided. Yes. You cannot just take one scripture and run with it. You have to balance the scripture. And here God is showing you. Never forget this scripture. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26. If we deliberately keep keep on. Deliberately. That's the key word. Deliberately. 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 You know that what you are about to do and what you are doing is wrong. You know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. It's black and white. You know it. You know it. Yeah. Yes. If we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, what is the knowledge of the truth? That we are not the righteousness of God. That now we have, we have, we have risen up into a new life of Christ. That all things have passed away. Hallelujah. That Jesus is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That he has made him to become sin for us who knew no sin. So that we will become the righteousness of God in him. After we have received this truth. If you continue deliberately. So God is speaking to us. God is speaking to you. Yes. You have been hiding under the scripture. When Jesus said, when you pray, say, forgive us our sins. So you are always saying, forgive me for my sins. But the sins that you are asking God to forgive you, they are deliberate sins. And you have been living in deception all this while. That those sins are forgiven. But if we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. Hallelujah. Continue. But only a fearful expectation of judgment. Yes. A raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. People who deliberately sin against God are described as the enemies of God. And God said they should expect two things. Judgment and raging fire. Wow. You better fear God. You must have a proper respect for God. A proper reverence for God. God is speaking directly to you. God is telling you. God is telling you about that situation in which you find yourself. And God is telling you, you have been making a mistake. There is no sacrifice of sin for that. Because what you are doing is deliberate. It's intentional. Yeah. Amen? So listen. My brother and my sister, you can't continue to live anyhow. No. If, if, if we as Christians can live anyhow, then what is the benefit of the sufferings of Christ? Think about it. Think about it. If after all that he did, we can just live anyhow. Hmm? But he died so that he, he would gather for himself a peculiar people. 
a peculiar people. A peculiar people. I'm talking about three attitudes that you must have towards forgiveness. The first one is that as a child of God, you must know. And that is very important because, you see, we, our, our, the, the flesh is, is sinful. And sometimes you rather that you have sinned. And especially, if you are somebody who is obedient to God, you can really become very depressed. You, you can become depressed and, and Satan can take advantage of you. But the truth you should know is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins. Why? Because we have Christ who is our advocate and he is the perpetration or the appeasement, the atonement for our sins. So God will forgive us. From time to time we fall. And when we fall, we should generally go to God and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In Psalm 51, David went to God and said, I'm sorry. He said, blot out my transgressions. He said, I'm sorry. But the second thing you must know is that what God has said, okay, does not concern your intentional sins. Yes. Yeah. I'm just pausing a little so that you can understand it well. We must fear God. We must fear God. We must fear God. Do you fear God? Do you fear God? Or you are living anyhow? All things go. Everything goes. For you as a Christian. Wow. Then number three, the third attitude that we must have towards um, forgiveness. All right. Are you there? Is that we must also forgive those who sin against us. We must also forgive those who sin against us. Is it not a paradox that we who need so much to be forgiven we rather don't forgive others. Eh? That is why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 12, in the Lord's Prayer, he said that, pray also and say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Amen? Do you understand it? Yes. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a sin against God. Because, you see, it's an insult. It's an insult that after he has forgiven you so much, you cannot forgive your brother. You cannot forgive your sister. You cannot forgive your husband. You cannot forgive your friend. You cannot forgive your church member. You cannot forgive your pastor. You cannot forgive your worker. You cannot forgive your mother. Five years, two years, ten years, six months, this year, generally, somebody did something. Up to today, you have not forgiven the person. Huh? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Mark chapter 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said, and ye, when you stand praying, forgive. 
Amen. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus spoke about, he spoke a, terrible, a, a, a parable to illustrate this point. Something very terrible happened. Look at Matthew chapter 18 from verse 21. Matthew 18 from verse 21. Quickly. Then came Peter to him and said, How, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. So seven times. I should give, forgive you seven times. After that, I should do with him. Eh? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. And to illustrate this point, in other words, just for, forgive him. How much? Forgive him. How many times? Forgive him. Endless. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. For so much as he had thought to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servants therefore fell down, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of, the, of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him. And took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that, that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he will not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord, all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldn't not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due Unto him. Now listen. He owned his Lord 10,000 talents. The word talent is from the Greek talonton. Talonton. And, and listen to this. Listen to this. One talent of gold was the equivalent of 660,000 US dollars. One talent. At a time. 
660,000 US dollars. So he owned his master 10,000 talents. So times 10. You are talking about more than 6 billion US dollars. And his master said, you can't pay. It's okay. He went to meet his fellow servant who owned him 100, 100 uh, pence. Which was the equivalent of $65. $65. He owned more than $6 billion. He was forgiven. Now, listen. Do you know how much Jesus has forgiven you? No, honestly, cast your mind back. Cast your mind back. Some people here, you have killed people. Oh yeah. So you have killed because of you, somebody doesn't exist. Either real killing or your actions and indirect killing. There are ladies here. You took somebody's husband and the woman had you know eh? the, 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 the woman just died. All this has been forgiven. And he held, come. He held the neck. He said by his throat. 65. You have been forgiven more than 6 billion. By, by his throat. He held him. And his friend said, please. He said, no, no, no. Threw him into prison. How wicked. How, how wicked. How, how ungrateful. You see, Jesus called him. Look, look, at, look, look at him. He described him as the wicked Go back. Huh? Can you go back and put that scripture up? Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. It is wickedness to God when you cannot forgive. Based on all that God has Yeah. Let, let me give you a key that will help you to forgive people. How many of you want to know? Yes. Always remember how much has been forgiven you. Always remember how much has been forgiven you. Yes. And it will be easy. No matter the sin of the person, it will be very, very easy. Hallelujah. So, forgiveness through the blood is the the first powerful benefit of the blood of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. Number two, redemption. Redemption through the blood. Redemption through the blood. When we say redemption, what does it mean? 
a releasing effected by the payment of ransom. A release which is effected by the payment of ransom. Liberation which is procured by the payment of ransom. So when we talk about redemption, we are talking about you and I being set free from our captivity because the blood of Jesus was shed as a ransom for us. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 3 and verse 24. Romans chapter 3 and verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Redemption through his blood. Hallelujah. Now, what does it mean? Look at me, everybody. The blood of Jesus has redeemed you and has redeemed me. We were captives because of our sins. We were captives to sin and death. And we were owned by Satan. Now look at this. Let's go back to the garden. Let's go back to the garden. Adam was a king. Adam was a king. Why? For you to be a king, you must have a realm that you reign. And then you must have power. When God created the garden, he gave it to Adam. In fact, Adam is the one who named all the animals. And then in Genesis 1.28, God told Adam, have dominion over them. Have dominion. So Adam was a king. The devil, the devil comes into the garden, deceives Adam, Adam sins against God and loses his kingdom legally to Satan. Legally. To Satan. So all that Adam had, all his descendants were sold and handed over to Satan who became the captives of Satan. Legally, legally, legally. The Bible describes Satan as the prince of the power of the air. In fact, in fact, during the temptation, when Satan told Jesus that if you worship me, I'll give you the whole world, Jesus did not argue with him. No, Jesus didn't argue with you. Jesus didn't say, because he said, oh, Satan told him, the whole world, everything is given to me. 
and said, and Jesus did not argue with him. Hello? Now, now, couldn't God have taken back his possession by force? He could, but it would have been an illegal transaction. And Satan would have accused God that you have used your powers. Your own, just, like, just like what Ahab did to Naboth. He used his powers to take away the vineyard of, of Naboth. But what you must know about God is that God is a just God. In God is justice and equity. According to Revelation 16. So, God had to use another means. And the means was a legal means. He had to let his son come not in the form of God, but in the form of man. Just as Satan legally took the kingdom from the first Adam, who was a man, the second Adam had also to be a man to face Satan and legally man to man. So that is why Jesus came. Came, the son of man came in the form of a man and died on the cross. Hallelujah. Now, the blood that Jesus shed was his life. Because according to Leviticus 17, 11, the, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So Jesus, Christ, Jesus Christ's blood was his life. And since Satan had us, our lives in his hand, Jesus had to die and use his life, his blood, his life, to go and exchange a ransom. Pay a ransom. Get it. Get it. He used his blood. So when he gave out his blood, that is, he paid a ransom. And then we were now free. Redemption through his blood. Redemption through his blood. The blood of Jesus is the ransom that was paid. To buy us back. Are you appreciating the blood of Jesus? Are you appreciating the blood of Jesus? We are redeemed through his blood. Bought back. With his own life. That is what is meant by he gave his life for us. When we say Jesus gave his life, that is what it means. Because the blood that he shed was his life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So when you see the blood, you are seeing life. Sit down. 
Yeah. Amen. Redemption to the blood. Number three. The third powerful blessing of the blood of Jesus is reconciliation. Reconciliation through the blood. Second Corinthians chapter five from verse seventeen. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself. How? By Jesus Christ. And had given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their transgressions, their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And verse 20 says, we are the ambassadors of Christ. Listen. Through the blood, we are forgiven. Through the blood, we are redeemed. But, but, we were captives to Satan. Everybody who is not saved today is a captive to Satan. But when, when the person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the blood is released. And the person goes free. Do you know how they did it in the Old Testament? Before Christ came. If a man sinned to redeem himself, he would bring an animal to the priest. The man who has sinned will lay his sons on the animal. The priest will lay his sons also. And by doing that, the sins of the person who has sinned were transferred to the animal and it was sacrificed so that the person had redeemed himself. But Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 says that it is not possible for it is not for it was not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. All those sins were a shadow of the real thing. Christ was the real deal. Christ was the real deal. In all the blood sacrifices that they did to, for, to, reta- to, to receive forgiveness, redemption, reconciliation, everything was not real. Everything was just a shadow. Listen, it got to a time God was tired of all this blood and decided that there must be just one ultimate, ultimate sacrifice. Ultimate sacrifice. Hallelujah. And Christ took his blood and redeemed us once and for all. Hallelujah. Once and for all. Now, reconciliation. What does it mean? To reconcile means to bring back to the former state of favor. To restore to the former state of peace. 
Amen? Uh, when we started democracy, I, I don't know whether it was President Kufo's time, there was the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It's that so many things have happened during the revolution period. People have been killed. People's properties have been seized. So many bad things have happened. It's like, look, there was a lot of pain in the hearts of people. People, people were aggrieved. This one against this one. This one against this one. So a commission was set up. Come and speak about what you went through. So that through that, you can, you can receive forgiveness. You can forgive the person where it was appropriate. Properties were, I think, given back, you know, and all that. So that we'll come back to the peaceful state that we used to be. Hallelujah. And reconciliation also means to cover. To cover. To cover. Now, listen. Now, why was reconciliation important? Reconciliation was important because sin has two effects. It has an effect on God and it has an effect on us. It causes us to die and to be alienated from our God. And it causes God to want to punish us. God is a holy God and he cannot accept and he cannot withstand sin. The soul that sinners, it must die. God is a holy God. God is light. Listen. God is light. Sin makes us to stand in darkness. And when light meets darkness, what happens? The light clears the darkness. Do you understand that? As long as we were walking in sin, we were walking in darkness. And God is light. So anytime light, God, comes into contact with us, he had to wipe us away. He had to destroy us. If we put off the lights in the auditorium, this whole place will be pitch dark. But immediately the light begins to come on. You said the darkness has to go away. So we, being in darkness, could never flow with God who was light. For us, for God to accept us and to be in fellowship with us, we also had to stand in light. Look at 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, watch it, if we walk in the light, as he is here, there, he's already in the light. The if is talking about us. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. So for us to be in fellowship with God, we also have to be in light. But we're in darkness. We were covered with our sins. So, do you know what God did? For us to come near him, 
for us to come near him. You understand? Look at him. Darkness. Sin. Come. Stand here. This is God. This is us. Look at us. He, he's light. There's no way he can come into contact of darkness. There is only one thing. He has to destroy him. He has to kill him. He has to kick him. He has to remove him. How many of you understand that? Eh? So, to the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was used. To, to, to reconcile means to cover. So the blood of Jesus was used to cover. To cover. To cover. So now, when God sees him, he doesn't see him. He doesn't see the blood. But he sees the blood. He sees us through the blood. And through the blood, then we can come close to God. We can be reconciled to God. This is what has happened. This is what has happened. This is what has happened. Listen, the reason why the, 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 the writer in Hebrews said, let us not come boldly to the throne room of grace. The reason why we can come boldly to the throne room of grace is because we are covered with the blood of Jesus. When we come before God, he doesn't see us. He sees us through the blood of his son. When God sees us, listen, that is why he told the, 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 the people of Israel, cover yourself with the blood. Cover your houses with the blood. The destroyer will be passing by. But when I get to your house and when I see the blood, listen, if the blood is not there, you'll be destroyed. I'm sure that over the 430 years, the Jews have become as sinful, as adulterous, as everything as the, as the Egyptians. So when the angel of death was released, there was no difference. So the, after the angel of death, eh, is going ahead to destroy. But when it gets there and it sees the blood, when it sees the blood, The only reason why you and I we can walk with God. We can fellowship with God. We can be called the children of God. We can stay in the presence of God. We can be with God. is because the blood of Jesus has covered us. Covered us. And you know what? This reconciliation started in the garden. When Adam sinned against God, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21, the Bible said that God took the skins of animals and covered them. The process of reconciliation started in the garden. But the blood of animals could not achieve the perfect reconciliation. 
It was an attempt. It was an attempt. It was a shadow. But the Son of God, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sins of the world. The Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world came. And by His blood, we are covered and reconciled to God. Why don't you clap your hands for Jesus? Give the Lord a wonderful cup of him. Listen, honestly, do you think that you or I qualify to come to God? But he doesn't see us. That is why you need to cover yourself continuously with the blood. That is why you need to plead for the blood all the time. That is why you need, when you come to the presence of the Lord, to ask the Lord to cover you with the blood. Because the Bible said that even our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, hallelujah. Now, but that is not the end. Go back to the scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. All right? Verse 18. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Go ahead. To wit that God was in Christ reconciled the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Watch, watch. Now, God is reconciling the word through Christ and he has given unto you and I the word of reconciliation. So in this reconciliation process, you and I will have a part to play. We must go about telling people that God is not angry with you. God is not angry with you. He wants you to come. When we go about preaching, teaching, witnessing, we are spreading the word of reconciliation. If we don't go there, if we don't go to sinners and preach about Christ, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, what we are doing is that we are letting people be in their darkness. Look, there are so many, how many of you have heard this before? That you speak to somebody about Christ and say, based on my life, I don't think God can forgive me. How many of you have heard something like that before? Oh yeah, there are many people who think that they have crossed a certain line. Of course, a certain line. But the blood that Jesus shed, it reaches to the highest mountains. It flows in the lowest valleys. There is no sin that is so heinous and so grievous that the blood of Jesus cannot forgive. Church, we need to go about the communities, the streets, the roadsides, houses, offices, schools, everywhere with the word of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. With the word of reconciliation. 
Now then, we are ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. Every Christian is an ambassador of Christ. Every Christian is an ambassador of Christ. We must work on behalf of Christ. We must represent God to a dying world. To a dying world. The word of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation has been given to us. We are the ambassadors of Christ. Yes. I tell you, God will judge us one day. Yes, God will judge you and ask you, what did you do with the word of reconciliation? What did you do? What did you do with it? Evangelism has been thrown out of the church. We gather in the church expecting God to bless us and to receive more and to receive more houses and receive more cars. But what about the ministry of reconciliation? What about the millions of people in Accra and in the different places who are dying and going to hell? The ministry of reconciliation. After God has reconciled us to himself, he now says, go and tell somebody that through my son, he can be reconciled to me. And you are quiet. Are we not, are we not like the wicked servant who was forgiven so much? But he did not want to forgive. I want to charge everybody here. I want to charge everybody here to take this word of reconciliation. Take it out there. Our churches will grow our churches would, would be overflowing every single branch. There will be confusion. There will be a problem of space if every Christian amongst us decided to take the word of reconciliation and go out there and tell somebody about it. Why are our churches empty? Why are our churches empty? Because we are not spreading the word of reconciliation. But the word of reconciliation, go to verse 18, has been committed to us. After he has saved us, after he has forgiven us, after he has redeemed us, after he has reconciled us to himself by his blood, and all things of God who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us, 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 to you, to me, the word of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wait that, what is the word of reconciliation? This is the word of God. That God was in Christ, reconciling the word well unto himself, not imputing their transgressions unto them. Listen, in the dispensation that we are, it is a dispensation of forgiveness. God is not imputing. God is not, God is not going to people and say, you, you are very bad, I'll kill you. No. He said, you are very bad, but I love you. You are very bad, but I love you. You are very wicked, but I love you. I want you to become my son. I want you to become my daughter. That is what God is saying. And God is saying that this word of reconciliation has not been committed to angels. Angels are not going to come from heaven to come and do it. Hallelujah. And have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Give me the NIV. 
That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation unto us. Unto us. And you see, Christians, we are relaxing. We are watching TV. We are playing church. It's not amazing that the word that in our churches, Christians don't want to hear is outreach. 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 Evangelism. The very thing that Jesus has committed to us. The very thing that he has clearly given to us is the very thing that we don't do. We don't like. We are not bothered. We are not bothered. But today, as we hear about the blessings of the blood of Jesus, may you not be a selfish person. May you not be a selfish person. But share these blessings with somebody else. Hallelujah. The powerful blessings of the blood of Jesus. Number one, forgiveness through the blood. Number two, redemption. Forgiveness is to to pardon, to put away. Our sins have been pardoned. Our sins have been put away, blotted out, wiped out. Then he has redeemed us by the blood, bought us back from Satan. Our master was Satan. He legally owned us. But Jesus came to offer his blood as a legitimate price. We were bought for the price and that price was the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Look at it. Keep watch over yourselves. And all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Bought with his own blood. Bought with his own blood. Look at 1 Corinthians. Uh, give me the, 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 the King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. Hmm? Wow. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Ye are bought with a price. Redemption. You are redeemed. And the price was the blood of Jesus Christ. Not only that. Not only that. Listen. Slaves, during the slave trade, slaves could be bought. They could be redeemed from their masters. And after that, they were freed. So after God has redeemed us, he could have just left us. But I said, no, I want to now to come back to your earlier position of favor. So he reconciled us by the blood. But he's saying, it is not only for us. God is saying, I've reconciled you. But look around you. In your house. At your office. In your community. All over. Can't you see that there are a lot of people that have not been reconciled unto me. So now, 
I've given you the word of reconciliation. You go and tell them that I am not charging them for their sins. I am not imputing their sins. I'm not, I'm not damning them for their sins. I love them. They should come to me. Just as I forgave you, just as I redeemed you, just as I reconciled you to myself, I want to do the same thing to them. Be an ambassador. Let us do it. How many of you will do it? Let us do it. Let us go out there. Hallelujah. And number four, the last one. Cleansing through the blood. Cleansing through the blood. Tomorrow, God willing, I'll give you the other four blessings. Cleansing through the blood. Hallelujah. Now look at me. There is a difference between forgiveness and cleansing. There's a difference between forgiveness and cleansing. Look at 1 John chapter 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, look at it everybody, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's a difference between forgiveness and cleansing. There are two different things. Now, forgiveness talks about the pardon of your sins. But cleansing, listen to this, cleansing talks about the removal of the stain of sin in your soul. Cleansing talks about the removal of sin of sin consciousness. Cleansing talks about the removal of sin guiltiness. Watch me. There are many people, there are many people who have been forgiven particular sins, but they are never free of the guilt of that sin. And sometimes they even go back to those things. Because the stain of it and the consciousness of it remains with them. So through the blood of Jesus, not only, listen to that, tonight, not only is the blood of Jesus forgiving for your sins, but it is also removing the, the sin guiltiness. The stain of sin. The sin of sin on your conscience. Are you here? You go home. Huh? Cleansing permanently removes sin from the soul. Yes. Cleansing 
permanently removes sin from the soul. Now, look at Second Samuel chapter 12 verse 13 again. said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also had put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. So Nathan was very clear. God has forgiven you for your sin. You took somebody's wife. You committed adultery affair. You sent the husband to the front lines and made sure that he was killed. That is a grievous sin. But God has forgiven you that sin. But listen, even though God had forgiven him, that sin still weighed on David. So in Psalm 51, look at Psalm 51. Listen to his prayer. He said, He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Continue. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me and cleanse me from my sin. You are forgiving me, but Lord, cleanse me and, and cleanse me from what? Look at verse 14. Cleanse me from what? Verse 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. You are forgiving me. I know you are forgiving, but I, I can't take it out of my mind. I, I, I cannot take it out of my soul. So he said, deliver me from black guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation. That is cleansing. That is cleansing. If we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, number one, to forgive us. But not only that, and also to cleanse us. To cleanse us. To cleanse us. Listen, there are many people in this auditorium. There are many people. Tonight, this is what you need. When I was praying this afternoon, this is what I felt in my spirit. He was saved. Went to be trained as a Christian worker. Went on the field. After many years, he went back to a particular sin that he was saved from. Yeah. He went back miserably. 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 Tonight, of all the blessings that I've spoken about, this is the particular one. The Holy Spirit is using to deliver many people today. The sin of pornography, you've gone away from it. But it has been haunting you. You don't even understand why. But see, the stain of it is there. The guilt of it is there. David the Lord, you are forgiving me. But deliver me from blood 
guiltiness. You see, that, 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 that cleansing takes place in your, conscien- your, your, your conscience and your soul. And your soul. Amen? Hmm? That cleansing is the inner cleansing from the stain of sin. It is an inner work. It is an inner work. It is the purifying of the conscience. Look, look, at, look at Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 11. We are ending. Are you blessed? How many of you realize that the blood of Jesus is something else? Hey. Something else. Eh? But Christ become an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. You see, cleansing is about the purging of your conscience from dead works. There are people here, you cannot forgive yourself. You, you, you have been able to forgive yourself of every sin, but there's a particular one. There's a particular one. That, that is what cleansing does. And today, you are going to be cleansed in the name of Jesus. You are not living here with the stain of sin in your life anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. David said, I know you are forgiving me, but I am blood guilty. He says, save me from it. Cleanse me from my sins. Cleanse me. Look, look, look at Psalm 51 verse 2. Cleanse me from my sins. From my sins. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me. But do you remember that Nathan told him, your sins have been put away. Forgiven. But he was sin conscious. The powerful blessings of the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness through the blood. Redemption through the blood. Reconciliation to the blood and cleansing to the blood of Jesus. Tomorrow I'll give you four more. Sanctification to the blood. Union with God to the blood. Eternal life to the the blood. And victory over Satan to the blood.
your healing is taking place. Your mind is being healed. Your soul is being healed. Your, consci- your conscience is being healed. You are being sanctified and delivered and cleansed. Listen. You are going to walk out of this place and for the first time, you are going to forgive yourself. Yes. Yes. Cleanse. Cleanse. Even in our homes, eh, they are cleansing agents. Is that not so? Yeah. There are certain things they don't just go. They don't just go. Ordinary soap cannot affect it. But cleansing agents but did you know that after the cleansing agent has cleansed, if we take a piece of that thing and we put it on under a powerful microscope and stain it, we'll find the stain. Today the blood is entering your mind. It's entering your heart, your soul, your body, your spirit. Every hidden sin Anything, anything that has been troubling your mind up until today, you are being cleansed. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands and pray. Pray like David. Pray like David. I want you to put Psalm 51. Give me verses 1 and 2. Put it there and pray. We are using it to pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands, everybody. Pray. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to the loving kindness, according unto the multitude of the tender mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Lift up your two hands, everybody. Pray. about redemption we have spoken about reconciliation but tonight in my spirit I feel that God is dealing with cleansing 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 the stain the stain look you need to pray you can come to the altar you can kneel there, you can lie down whatever but you want to say Lord by your blood he said he said have mercy upon me, O God, according to... You see, not knowing that all the while after 
nature had forgiven him. The man was carrying the same guiltiness. And, and you see, there are people here. You can't even serve God properly because of that. Satan always reminds you. He reminds you. He reminds you. But there's a cleansing agent today. The blood of Jesus. The most powerful cleansing agent. Lift up your two hands. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Oh, restore unto me the God of thy salvation and renew every spirit within. Lift up your hands and sing it. Create in me, create in me a Lift up your hands and tell the Lord, create me. Create me a king. Take 
Satan uses against you. One time a lady was ministering in the church. She used to sing for the pastor to preach. And right in the middle of her singing, something happened. At the end of the service, the pastor asked her, you changed. What happened to you? And she said, pastor, did you notice it? He said, yes. And she said, right in the middle of my singing, Satan brought my past to me. And Satan told me, you do not qualify to stand here. So, since that the devil has been bringing to torment you, we are asking the Lord to cleanse you. Remember that cleansing means the stains are being removed. Number two, you are praying about sins that you have been going back to. You have been going back. Yes. You have been going back. You used to watch pornography seriously. And you have moved away from it. But in recent times, you have been going back. You have been going back to certain sins. That same consciousness, your, your your conscience, you see, your conscience needs to be purged. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus purges our conscience. You need your conscience to be purged. It must be purged. It must be cleaned. Your brain, your mind, the blood of Jesus must enter today and then wash it. Wash it clean. 
and clear, clear all those evil. Clear all those. We, we must, we must, we must, we must, we must, you know, cooperate with God to help us. Hallelujah. Hmm? Listen to this. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The Bible says that we must cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Filthiness of the flesh, pornography, touching, touching, and embracing, smooching. Do you understand it? Eh? Masturbation, filthiness, filthy things, filthiness of the flesh. The Bible says, let us cleanse. Let us cleanse. Yeah. They are the filthiness of the flesh. Hmm? And spirit. And, and those things, they are, the reason why you cannot give up on them is, is because they have entered your spirit. Your spirit has been affected. Tonight, I am saying that there is a cleansing agent here. You are walking out of this place. And, and today will be the last time any of these things will torment you. Hallelujah. Hmm? So these are the two things I want us to continue to pray about. Things that, things that you did that the devil keeps on bringing to torment you. Do you understand it? Yes. And then things that you keep going back to. Your conscience needs to be paid. Lift up your hands and begin to pray again. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Kalimo Lift up your voice and pray.
The blood of Jesus. 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 your feet and lift up your two hands and just say the blood. Continue to say it. Repeat it. The blood of Jesus. Just pray. Just mention it. The blood of Jesus. The blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood. The blood of Jesus. 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 Kalimo City. Sale Moshe. Kale Moshe. Yes. Yes. The blood that Jesus for Way back. Oh God, there is 
Why don't you clap your hands for the blood of Jesus and give the Lord a shout 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 a shout clap your hands and give the Lord a by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegono, opposite the Collegon main gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. 
Love and Hope Service Local Languages Services from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith Service from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.